Hello and welcome back to On The Scoreboard for part two of our interview with Edgeworth Eagles football club coach Damien Zane. We hope you enjoyed part one and we pick up where we left off talking about Edgeworth's recent success in the NPL division, winning multiple titles in the past five years with Zane at the helm. So we hope you enjoy part two of our interview with Damien Zane. You've gone on to win another three premierships consecutively and made the last four grand finals and uh, regularly making it into the round of 32 in the FFA Cup. Um, it's an unbelievable success rate considering the high level of football played in the MPL. Um, I've asked you this before, but how do you go about continuing to set the standard of expectation and challenging your players to repeat their successes? Well, I think, that, you know, I think this is where I think a lot of coaches go wrong. It's not about you. It's, you know, a coach couldn't just drive people for, and to continually have success. Um, and people sort of say that to me, you know, will they lack the hunger? Will they, you know, this or that? But I, I think by by giving guys chances, um, the young guys that always come into our senior squad, they believe if they're playing well that they're a chance. So it keeps everyone on their toes. Um, the, the players w- know one thing, that I'll reward anyone. Um, I don't care who they are. Um, so that keeps them on their toes. But their general, like, the standards they set for themselves, you know, now I, I don't have to, like, you know, the first year or, or maybe two, uh, you know, you get upset in pre-season. Pre-season's for me the big one where, you know, it's got to be, you know, perfect. Um, and then the season sort of takes care of itself um, but, yeah, the players set standards now and if they're not adhering to those standards, you know, they call them out. And mm. I, I think that's the big, big key. We've got a great leadership group, you know, they're great examples um, to younger guys. And, you know, I, I'll give an example. Pre-season this year, we came in and I think in the third week we might have had an intra-club game between ourselves and, you know, the output the players were put in in 60 minutes was the equivalent, you know, they were on target if they played 90 minutes. They may have slowed down and fatigued but in that time, but they were on target to be on the same level as when we stopped playing. You know, that's just, you know, for, for local players. Back when I played, you know, players had to lose five kilos. <laughs> you know, nowadays <laughs> the players come back and they're fit. And all they need is really match fitness to, to get going. So, mm. you know, I'm not saying every club's allowed. I don't know. I can only comment for us. But, you know, that's that's a lot of dedication and love for the game and, and discipline. You know, I don't, you know, I, I can't coach them at home. You know, that's them. So they're a pretty special special group that, you know, I, I think they, they've got a taste for winning and they enjoy Enjoy it, and they want to win as much as they can. Obviously, you've had a lot of players in those four or five-year span, and obviously a lot of teams within that as well. How do you go about selecting a player, finding a player that fits your um, system, and how do you go about sourcing those players and then fitting them right into your team? Uh, for, for me, it's it's more about um, when I look at a player, will they fit into our um, culture as in – and we're talking more um, 
will they will they play for their team? Will they, um, you know, be selfless? Um, more more though, more so those traits. Yeah, I'm looking for, for footballs, but I like to have rather, you know, some coaches, and this is just, you know, they'll have their system that they like to play, and they'll have, you know, uh, let's say a, a two defensive midfielders, and then they'll have two backups that are the same type of player. Whereas I, I actually like having different guys that, you know what, um, can suit a different game. You know, well, you go back to the early days um, and, and my first season, you know, you, you went to Cook Square Park, and, you know, and it's windy, it's freezing, it was hard and bouncy. Well, that wasn't the game for Keanu Moore, um, but it was a game for Dylan Holtz. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because, you know, he's going to fight for every ball. He's tough. He's strong. Um, you know, so so that – I think that's where the whole rotating the, the squad came in is, you know what, if we think we can target an opposition team um, – I like to think that even though it's a 11 v 11 – there's still a lot of individual contests all over the park, and it's an old saying, you know, you know, win your one v one battles. But I, I think it's still very relevant, even in a in, in as in these days where it is, you know, teams are structured well, etc., etc. You still can get little. I know, for instance, there's different times where our wingers struggle against certain fullbacks who defend them well. Yet someone else might actually th- that defender might struggle with another one of our players. So I try and match up uh, and get advantages that way. So so as far as what I look for, I just look for guys that are love the game, are keen, are willing to be selfless, and obviously they've got to have something special about them. And I think that. Every player has a nature and you can't take that out of them, you know. And what I sort of try to do and I feel my job is, is how can I get them in that more situations to bring out that nature? Uh, if they're a good dribbler, how can I get them into positions where they can do what they love doing, you know? And, you know, that that's what I feel the coaches. They, again, that's just my um, – or, or the way I see it, every coach is different. But I, I like, I think everyone has a nature that they they think that's what who they are. And I like to bring that side out. I think if that would mean that they're happier, um, and they're going to give give more if if they're happy. So um, yeah, I try and look for their nature and, and bring that out. But they've got to have um, to be at our club those traits of. You know, being selfless, loving the game. Um, you know, because then I look and I go, okay, I can work with you. Mm. You briefly just touched on it there, but um, I'll ask a question where it's more involved in that. You often hear elite coaches, the Pep Guardiola's, the Jose Mourinho's, talk about uh, their playing style or a certain style that they want to mold on their team. Do you believe you have your own certain uh, mold on your current Edgeworth team? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, you, you can change, you know, the system, you can change whatever, but you, you're, who you are comes out. I mean, when when we lose the ball, you know, 
I would say, you, generally speaking, you will see, you know, our whole team racing around trying to get it back. And and that's what makes us, for me, hard to beat is, um, you know, that there is that, uh, I guess, um, selflessness again. We come back to that word that they, you know, they're not going to let down their mate beside them. They're going to cover them. And there's that total... Um, belief in in them that you know they've got each other's back and that's that's for me massive but you know that's just one trait when we lose the ball you know there's a massive reaction well that's part of who we are you can put whatever formation you want when we lose the ball I guarantee you you'll see the same things happening so yeah I'm not not massive on on beliefs. I mean, we like to play with the ball. We like, you know, when we do win the ball, we like to get out quick and and get on the run. You know, we've got a lot of players that, you know, enjoy going forward. So, you know, whatever formation, whatever way we play, I guarantee you when we get the ball, we're looking to hurt you and, and go quick. So, We've got our style. Um, I think where it gets mixed up is people, you know, um, uh, sort of talking about systems and that. That doesn't necessarily mean anything changes. You, you are who, you know, you are who you are. We're, we're defensively very sound, you know. If we, if we have to drop back and defend our goals, we're very good at doing that. So, um, yeah, your, your style, I, I don't changes you know every coach has their style and um yeah it's systems change you know your tactics for a certain match you know we talk about melbourne city uh, we played with in a five with with diamond midfield and one up front now anyone would say well you're parking the bus but we defended in the middle third and when we won the ball guess what we transition to attack quickly well that's we do that in a four-three-three. So, um, you know, we just felt that that was going to, you know, give us numbers in different areas that we we, we felt we needed. So, but our style, yeah, it didn't change. Also, uh, what's your current coaching license up to, and do you have any aspirations of moving uh, like further up the coaching ranks to a professional level? Um, I'm halfway through my A license. Um, so, do, do you know what? The only reason I do licenses is because I've just got this thirst to know more about the game and learn more. When you begin coaching, you realise, you know, how much of a an ass you were as a player, to be honest, and you knew <laughs> nothing about the game, yet you wanted to tell coaches what to do. Um yeah, uh, then you start coaching and you realise how many different, you know, um, facets there is to to get good performances and um, and so forth. And you've got to, as a coach, then, you know, it can to you it can be really complicated. You've got to simplify that and so that your messages to the players don't have them confused. So, um, yeah, I'm. Um, I'll continue to do, you know, once I finish my A licence, I'd, I'd probably look to do, you know, the pro licence, whether, you know, um, that leads to anything or whether I'm coaching as Edgeworth in 20 years. 
that's just about me I, I wanting to be a better coach and um, and I'm enjoying the, the coaching journey. As far as aspirations, well, I'm, I'm just happy. I don't know. Some people have sort of said to me, you know, why don't you go down to Sydney or, or Melbourne to a bigger comp? And I, I guess because I played at the club and, and because I've got a, you know, soft spot for them, I, you know, for me, I probably get more involved than a coach at Edgeworth is I want to know what's happening, you know, um, you know, what? Are, what's getting upgraded, you know, since we've I've sort of been there, the field, you know, we, we've, we've been able to put in drainage, we've got irrigation and I think last year that Jets game in the Cup just put it on showcase, we've got brand new lights. Um, so for, for me, does that make me a better coach if I go to, you know, Melbourne with a, you know, massive budget and win a comp down there? Oh, I don't think so. I, You know, that doesn't appeal to me. That's not what – I've got a sort of bigger picture of, of football and it's – yeah, I, I – you know, I've got some beliefs about doing things and, you know, I like the direction our club's going on and off the field and – yeah, to, to go and prove, well, you know, we've played beaten teams from Melbourne, uh, beaten teams from Perth, you know, all around the country. So, uh, you know, I, I've got no ambition to go um, to, to a Sydney or Melbourne because, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know whether it would appeal to me. I did, you know, um, I enjoy what's happening at Edgeworth pretty much. Mm. Uh, also, with the second competition that has been spoken about uh, promotion relegation in the A-League, if FFA were to bring that out, say, in the next couple of years and you're still at Edgeworth, do you think the facilities that you have at Edgeworth and, I guess, you as a coach, you think you are ready for that to take on that second division and push for an A-League chance? Uh, I would say no. I mean, we've got new and brand new amenities that are going in. Uh, at the end of this year, so we're, we're going to have a fantastic facility uh, once once that's done. Um, you know, is it an ambition? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think you, you sort of can look at things and sort of go, um, you know, how how would it work? How would you be able to financially? But I, I think those sort of things can sort itself out. I, I think you'd have to have a couple of teams from Newcastle maybe merge or. I'm not sure, but you know, again, when when I when I sort of took over, um, and Millsy sort of said, oh, you know, you got the job. Uh, he said, "What are your thoughts on this year?" And I said, "I want to be Australian champions." And he just looked at me like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Um, and I said, "Mate, I want to win the NPL finals." Um, yeah. And I think in 2016 we're in the final. Um, and it's still, unfortunately, then we started getting picked apart by uh, by clubs all around, well, mainly Victoria. But, um, you know, I, I had those, you know, I, I guess I was a bit ahead looking down the track at being ambitious and, you know, I hope the club, um, and, and I think we are, sort of looking going, well, well why can't we, you know, push to – Time for that, but there's a lot. I mean, yeah, again, training facilities, uh, 
etc again it comes back to you know you talk about youth development you know lack of fields you know we need for how big our game is you know you can't fit it in in we're just so big um yeah there's a lot of things that would have to have to improve but we're continually looking at improving on and off the park so i'd say never say never i know i've definitely got one eye on it and going well you know, something to strive for. If you don't get there, you, it's only going to make you better anyway. If you strive for something and don't quite reach it, well, I guarantee you you're in a better position than if you didn't strive for anything. And just touching on that, you obviously talked about players leaving the club, but do you find enjoyment in being able to progress players and then and then them obviously taking the opportunities and, and progressing their own careers? And obviously you've had players going down to the MPL Victorian League and Sydney Leagues and stuff like that. Yeah, do you find enjoyment in progressing those players and them taking their opportunities? I do. I, I, I do. It's just I'm not not 100% convinced that it's always that much better. Do you know what I, I, I know financially it probably is and the, and the competitions are stronger. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pretty proud of what we offer, um, you know, as far as, as far as the club and what we can offer for the, the senior players and, you know, training facilities, et cetera, you know. And I, I think as a club we're doing quite well. I mean, we had our our youth teams training out on the synthetic this year, you know. That's a, a step forward. They were training there once a week on a, you know, great surface. Um, so I, I do get I do get pleasure, but sometimes I just wonder, you know, is it that much better than what we're offering, mm. you know, Obviously, like I said, financially, but they're having to move away. You know, it'd be great to be able to, you know, um, have a second division or or the like and have a team from Newcastle. I don't care who it is. Um, yeah, it'd be something, you know, I, I think um, something special and give give a chance to the players around here to prove that they're, they're good enough because – I'll tell you something. On our level, as far as MPL level, we haven't embarrassed ourselves anywhere. And in five years, and Maitland did um, quite well for the region as well. I think we're very critical of mm. of Newcastle and our own football. But who's embarrassed us? We're, we're, you know, we've gone to South Melbourne, or we've gone and beaten Bentley. Um, down in Melbourne, they've got massive budgets compared to us. Their, their facilities, you walk in and you, you're in awe of, you know, what they've got and what, yeah. you know. Um, you know, it's it's quite funny because it's, you know, I go and do my licences and, and people go, oh, who do you coach? Oh, Edgeworth. Oh, yeah, yeah, know them. And I sort of look at them and go, what, you know, Edgeworth, little old Edgeworth out at Jack <laughs> McLaughlin with a – you know, run down, stand down on the end, and you mm-hmm. know, it's it, it's amazing that they they know and they they think we're we're a powerhouse, and it's sort of like, no, mate, we're just a fairly small club in comparison to you know, um, you know, other states where they've got ex NSL clubs. Um, so look, it's. Yeah, it's a hard one. I like the progression of players, but I'm not sure it always is necessarily a, a progression. Yeah, and 
obviously, mate, you've been at the club for a long time as a player and as a coach now. What is it about the club that you really enjoy and you've are taken to? Um, I think we've got um, a really good committee off the field um, that are involved. They know the players. It's it's something I, I think has always been there and I thought was just slipping a bit. And it's, it's one of the things where I, when I took over, that, you know what, um, I wanted the players to know the committee. I wanted, if you were in an Edgeworth shirt, you wouldn't, you shouldn't walk past someone and not say hello and know who they are. Uh, and I think that's really relevant. You know, my, my, the sheds are open whenever we've got a game. Uh, if any sponsors want to come in the sheds and watch, as long as they don't get up and take over the team talk, um, you know what, they're, they're sponsoring the club. I want them to be involved. And there's this, I think, feeling that when you come to our club, you're, you're, you're a part of something. You're not just, oh, yeah, we're over on, you know, we're sort of just stuck out the side somewhere. No, no, everyone's part of a club and, and you know, your opinion matters, you know. I'm, I'm happy after the game to listen to sponsors, to uh, committee people, their their version of what they saw in the game, you know, um, and I think that's what makes it such a such a tight knit tight knit club. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, uh, you know the involvement of the ex players as well. I think is probably more than almost any club. You know, you, you'll often see a lot of ex players, a lot of ex players' kids are starting to come through in the sap and youth, which is – it's really exciting to see old faces coming through the club and see their kids, another whole new generation coming through the club. It's it's quite exciting. It's a special club, and that, that's that's why it would take something special for me to, to go elsewhere or to get sacked. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that's, that's inevitable, I, I think, in any type of job. Yeah. Obviously, um, when we think of Edgework, we think of the bigger names that have arrived at your club while you've been there. Um, we talk about the McBreens and currently you have Josh Rose in your setup as well. What difference do they bring to your club, club and what um, sort of professionalism do you see that then they make the other boys around them grow bigger? Yeah, well, well Macca, obviously, he's got strong links through his father. That's why he came to Australia. He played at Edgeworth. So he was always looking to come back, but I think when he was when he was still playing, he he came back and he he said, "Oh, can I come down and train with the team?" And I said, "Yeah, no worries," because he was you know getting ready to go back to preseason, and he really enjoyed it. He said, "Geez, I, like I was surprised the intensity and in that at training." And I said, "No, the boys love it." And um, so when he came back, well, obviously he was going to come back because he had a affiliation with Edgeworth but, but what he brought was he, he sort of took the identity of our club and um, I think okay our performances meant something but there's probably reasons we were the live game on Fox etc and it's because he was in the team you know we if we were you know just Edgeworth uh, we might not have got that you know extra publicity etc but because you know it was Edgeworth with Daniel McBreen in the team, uh, you know, it instantly, you know, took our club to different a different height. Um, and I mean, what what he added? We had a very young 
um, midfield, and he, he he was great with with them. Just great. He's like another coach on the field, um, and you know, just yeah, even off the field at, at, at training, another source of you know helping players to become better. Um, so he, he was great. And then obviously we knew he was coming to an end and Rosie came up and it was funny when we beat uh, Bentley. I think we went out that night and Rosie came down and met up with the team. And I remember the impact he left on the players. They they just thought, they just were surprised and saying to me, you know, geez, he was down to earth and, you know, just a normal person. And I said, yeah, and I, I sort of looked at it and, you know, I looked at the Central Coast Mariners when they were successful and I see a lot of similarities with us. Um, they probably, you know, weren't looked at as having the best players on paper, um, but they had the best team. And I sort of looked and I went, well, that just makes sense. Rosie's going to – would fit in here because he's – He's, he's from a team that wasn't too dissimilar to what what our beliefs are. So um, what he added, you know, just quality and another great person. And, um, yeah, uh, he, he's been exceptional for us in, yeah. in the last couple of years. So, yeah, so that, that was sort of, um, yeah, what they've added. Um, you know, Rose has done a few clinics up uh, at us. He's a... You know, um, so, you know, benefits on and off the field. Um, so down to earth. I just, the amount of people that comment about, you know, the person he is, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's been a pleasure having them, to be honest. Yeah. And just lastly, mate, looking ahead to this year when competition resumes, how have you assessed your squad going into the comp? Obviously, you touched on your great preseason that you had. And I'm guessing the aim again will be again to go and win it. Who else do you see challenging for the premiership and how do you assess the competition as a whole this year coming into it? Well, I thought it was going to be a fantastic comp and, and, and quite open. But, yeah, I think every year it's, it gets better. I notice that, um, yeah, every year I think the depth of, you know, of talent gets bigger and bigger. Um, um, but... Yeah, it's hard to say now because you you don't know who's playing. You mm. don't know. I mean, the whole scope has changed, isn't it? It's not like, you know, the A-League where these players are contracted. You know, there, there's players that have, have lost jobs. Yeah, they, they might then pick up a new job in a the mine. They might have to go. So you don't really – it's really an unknown this season. I, I think it was shaping up as a great season and – but now you you know you you wouldn't know where it's at to be honest. Um, and I think I think there will always be an asterisk, you know, on this season because it's yeah you know um, it's not the same. You're not going to prepare the the same. You know you're relying a lot on on your players um, to take care of themselves. You don't even know who's playing. You know what I mean uh, on opposition teams. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah, I would have said going into the comp, you know, Lampton well, obviously um, signed a few players like Mitch Oxborough's point of difference. Um, you know, they lost Braden Crowley, so they lost a bit there, but, you know, um, picked up some good players. I think uh, 
Maitland got stronger. You know what I mean? You know, you look at their starting 11 and they added Braden Crowley to it. So, yeah. you know, they were going to be there, thereabouts. You know, everyone's sort of saying, you know, Magic lost a few players, but they're a big club and a good club. So they're always thereabouts. So, yeah, like I said, now <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, till you see the teams, I think we've, we're, if the season does kick off, we're going to have to put in a new player point system. So until then, you don't really know who's playing on any team. So yeah. I think it's going to be a bit. It's more about, you know, for me this season is the players. They're, they're so keen, a lot of them, to get back and have a kick. I don't think they really care, you know, if you're playing for points or anything. They just want to, you know, I think like all of us, get out of the house and you know, get back to a bit of normality. Well, great stuff, mate. Obviously, you're always very generous with your time, so we thank you again, Damien, and thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate. Really appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks for having us, guys. And there you have it. We thank Damien again for his time, and we wish him all the best this season when football resumes. But that's all we have time for on today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Football Talk, but appreciate any support of the podcast, and yeah, we'll be back for more. So stay tuned, and... Until next time, bye for now.